many more people than I was expecting this morning because it's the start of the summer holidays and uh, I know uh, a number of you like us have, uh, are um, temporarily without our children and so uh, <laughs> do, do you know that was partly the way I was feeling I mean, in some ways we miss them dearly but it's also quite nice to, uh, to have a change and uh, I'm sure they're having a wonderful time. Uh, I checked the weather forecast in, uh, in the Flynn Peninsula, and it was raining this morning. <laughs> and, uh, and also, I found Daniel's raincoat uh, <laughs> at home. But it's, it's lovely to be here together. It's lovely to be uh, joined together as, a, as an extended family. And, and we're going to start our service in worship. And we're going to sing together from uh, the hymn book, um, O Worship the King, All Glorious Above. I mean, I love some of these, uh, of our hymns that, we, uh, that we've, we've sung for, for many centuries. Well, not, not me personally, um, but, uh, but we've sung for many centuries. And, and the thought of, of them being uh, words that have been passed on um, for... Corporate worship, worship in this in this house. I'm sure that uh, that this hymn has been sung for at least the 60 or 70 years that uh, that we've been meeting here, and uh, so we're going to join our voice to to, to those uh, voices of worship. O oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing his power and his love, our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we thank you so much for all that you are, all that you have been, and all that you promise to be. Lord, we thank you, the creator of this vast universe, the creator of things more complex, more delicate, more immense than our imaginations could begin to imagine. Lord, we thank you that you care about us, that you bring us together as a family with you as our Father for worship and for encouragement. And Lord, we pray that you will bless us this morning and strengthen us this morning to serve you better. And to love you more. Lord, be with us and bless us, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, Richard has got the announcements for this morning. First of all, Ian, it's really good to see you here this morning and likewise Rob um, at the back as well. In addition, we think about Marion um, and others who are struggling with health and personal difficulties. Um, Sam Parker, up in the Lake District, sends his love to everyone and is doing well after his knee replacement. 
And Rosie has heard that Bill Berry is due to see his eye specialist tomorrow with a view to possible surgery for his macular degeneration. He's obviously excited but apprehensive, and we pray for Bill in particular because his lack of sight um, is a big obstacle for him. Thanks, Richard. Does anyone have any... uh, Thing which they would like us to, to, to pray about. Let's, let's pray together. Lord God, you've blessed us by, by placing us in a family. Lord, we have a, a, a family of our spiritual brothers and sisters. And we have our physical family too. Lord, it's very difficult sometimes to to tell the difference. In some cases, there's a lot of overlap. But Lord, we care about those that you've placed us with. And Lord, we thank you that they care about us too. Lord, we rejoice with those who are happy and we we mourn with those who are sad. Lord, we thank you for recovery and Lord, we pray for those who still struggle. Lord, we think of Peter who who mourns the loss of his wife and we pray for your comfort on him Lord for, for Jane who has experienced something and Lord we pray that that will be a way of her opening herself to you Lord, thank you for Karen's house move. And we pray for Steve as he tries to find somewhere to live. And Lord, we pray particularly for Steve that that the place that that he finds will be a place of encouragement and support and not of fear. And temptation. Lord, we we ask for your blessing on Carl's granddad Jack, and we pray for your peace on him, your healing hand on him, and we ask that you will. Give him a, a, a sense of, of, of peace through the difficulty that he's going through. And Lord, we pray for our children that are on camp. And we ask, Lord, that you will lift them up spiritually in the time that they're away. Lord, we pray for their spiritual growth 
as well as their uh, emotional strength. And we pray, Lord, that this will be a time that they look back on as being a, a time that they understood you a little bit more, that they grew to love you a little bit more, and that they grew as people. Lord, we thank you for those that you've brought back to us. It's so good to see some familiar faces with us again today. And Lord, we pray that you will continue to to strengthen us, to be strong as a family and supportive of each other. Be with us, we pray, in all that we do. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to take a couple of readings this morning. And the first of those is from Second Samuel chapter 12. And reading up to verse 25... And um, then we're going to take the reading from Matthew chapter 7 up to 26. So uh, Rosie is going to read to us from uh, 1 Samuel, sorry, 2 Samuel chapter 12. The second book of Samuel chapter 12. The Lord sent Nathan to David... When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb that he'd bought. He raised it, it grew up with him and his children, it shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now, a traveller came to the rich man, But the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveller who'd come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says. Out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity upon you. 
Before your very eyes I'll take your wives and give them to one who's close to you, and he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I'll do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord show utter contempt, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went into his house and spent the nights lying on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused and he did not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's servants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought, while the child was still living, we spoke to David, but he wouldn't listen to us. How can we tell him the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his servants were whispering on themselves, and he realized that the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked. Yes, they replied, he is dead. Then David got up from the ground. After he'd washed, put on lotions and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house And at his request, they served him food, and he ate. His servants asked him, Why are you acting in this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat. He answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead... Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her and lay with her. She gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved him, and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah. We're going to be taking some thoughts from uh, from that passage uh, later on. So, so keep a bit of paper in there so you can get back to it quickly. In the meantime, we're going to take another reading from uh, Matthew chapter 27, verses 1 to 26. And Joe is going to read that. Reading from Matthew 27. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people came to the decision to put Jesus to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty silver coins to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. 
What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judith threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It's against the law to put this into the treasury, since it's blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it's been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the thirty pieces of silver they took the thirty silver coins to price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Meanwhile Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they're bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the feast to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why, what crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere but that instead an uproar was starting. He took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, Let his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Thanks, Joe. We're going to uh, to sing now, just as I am. We 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 uh, have a limited amount that we can do uh, to make us better people. A limited amount that we can do to change. But when we come to this place, when we come after a week that may have had highs, it may have had lows, we come just as we are. We don't put on airs and graces. We don't need to put on airs and graces to come and to meet with our Lord. We don't come with... uh, airs and graces to try and impress other people here but we come just as we are to be accepted just as we are so let's sing together just as I am without one plea but that thy blood 
was shed for me. The, the reading for today from, from Matthew is that of the crucifixion of Jesus. We only read the first part about Judas who was overcome with remorse at what he'd done. So overcome that he killed himself. He couldn't handle the truth. We read about Jesus before Pilate and before his accusers. Pilate makes a a fairly half-hearted effort at trying to persuade them, persuade the crowd that Jesus uh, shouldn't be sentenced. But in the end, he lets them uh, have their way. We read about the accusers who, who shouted insults at him. And as we go over, as we follow on, we'll read about the soldiers who mocked Jesus, the crucifixion of Jesus and his death and burial. And we can put ourselves in the position of, of those, uh, those players there as people who uh, maybe 